0: Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things, secondhand, resale, vintage, consignment, and sustainable. Because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, the bestie in the Westie producer Sarah Lane will be editing this episode. I am so, so stoked to have Caroline Moss on the podcast, someone I have fangirled for a while. And she gets to talk all about her podcast, her work. We'll get into maybe something she's looking for and her secondhand experience. Hi, Caroline.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. Tell everyone who you are. I'm Caroline Moss. I uh, host the podcast Jay Thanks Just Bought It, which is a shopping podcast designed to share with you the products you need to make your life easier. And I am the author of Hey Ladies, uh, the co-author of Hey Ladies, which is a book told entirely in emails and reply all chains about a group of eight friends getting ready as one of them uh, plans her wedding. I'm also the author of a children's book series called Work It Girl, which focuses on modern women in work and the two newest books um, about Mae Jemison, the first black woman in space and Michelle Obama. We all know who she is. Uh, Just
0: came out two weeks ago as of this recording. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I mean, you've done so many different things. I have a million (laughs) questions. Hey, ladies, for those of you that don't know, is basically a hilarious send. Up of the wedding industrial complex and how it can just drive some of us to the edge. And then your Hey Ladies, like Instagram, online content, like where did that come from? So Hey
1: Ladies um, started when uh, Michelle Markowitz and I, uh, my co-author and I'm her co-author, we decided in 2013 that we had both been invited to like a lot of different weddings. So in 2013, I was 24. So like it was kind of the first round of my friends getting married and a few of my older friends getting married. So it was like 26 and 27 year olds, you know, quote, unquote older. And Michelle and I were like lamenting to each other about how every single email that we were getting about these weddings started with, Hey ladies. And it was like, Hey ladies, like blah, blah, blah. Like we're going to Nashville. Like everyone owes me $20,000. Like we're getting a joint gift and it's like (laughs) 600 bucks a piece and like everyone has to be here at 4am and we're all getting our hair done and we were just laughing at how like every email sounded exactly the same it was like 40 emails about like well I can do June 21st at 3pm but like I have a thing at 315 and like Shelly's gonna have to leave by 5 and like also she has to catch a bus that leaves at 502 and it's like just this non stop emails and details and logistics and we were like oh we should just write like a parody of of what that looks like and so we wrote these these things called the bachelorette emails for the toast when the toast launched in 2013 for daniel ortberg and nicole cliff and it really took on and like we ended up writing one installment every month so the first one was bachelorette parties and then the second one we did it like what would be happening that month so in october it was like all of them fighting over like a group costume and then in november it was like Friendsgiving and like who's gluten-free this month and like who's allergic to I don't know who's who's vegetarian, who can't eat the meat at the turkey, you know. And then a few years after doing the series, we decided, like, let's make this a book. And we like rounded out the characters. And it was really it was honestly super, super fun. So it came out in 2018. It's almost two years old. And
0: It still holds true. I mean, please order this book. It's so fucking (laughs) funny. Like, if any of you, you know, especially millennials, like, dealing with this wedding stuff, I will tell you it's funny. So, listeners know this. It never gets old, listeners. My book, Brag Better, comes out May 19th, 2020. Yeah, it does. We're still doing this shit, and it's funny because I am a single woman and this is the closest that I will have to a wedding or a baby so it got cancelled because of Corona but will be postponed to the fall. I am having a book bachelorette called a brag stag. Oh I love it. And I think that everybody should get a brag stag for whatever brag they have. I love that. Side note I want you to help me pitch that but we'll talk about
1: that Yeah. Well I I didn't have a bachelorette party myself so I am into that idea.
0: But it's this idea that like you know getting married and having a baby aren't are semi accomplishments but you know also I would like an extra set of forks. Yeah, but they're not accomplishments.
1: Like getting married is not an accomplishment. It's a, it's a milestone. It's nice to celebrate that with your friends and family, but you did not accomplish anything by getting married.
0: Well, and that's why I think that like with a brag stag, like I I want more forks. I want a nice blender. I want stuff from the real real. Uh-huh. Like I'm registering bitches like We all know that episode of Sex and the City where
1: Carrie's like I'm marrying myself. Please replace my manolas.
0: A woman's right to shoes. <laughs> same exact mood yeah so where did your podcast g thanks like we both have these shopping podcasts with different angles Mm. like where did this come from so i
1: started tweeting about all the like weird things i was buying on amazon which i didn't mean to be like an amazon thing but i think we all know like amazon's super convenient since then i've tried to be like a little bit more mindful of, of that and and obviously um a little bit more small business focused i think like right now in this kind of crazy time but it was basically like I had been looking for a solution for working out at home or like working out at home because I spend... of my time in my home office like sometimes I don't leave the house and I was like googling things that it's like oh I wish this existed like does it exist and and what I found was an under the desk elliptical and it is it's just the pedals of an elliptical like none of the like standing up stuff and like you put it under your desk and you catch your rhythm and you would just like pump while you're working and like it's really funny because it's in no means it's not going for a run it's not going to the gym but if you're already sitting at your desk for eight hours like doing nothing it actually does add a little bit to your day. And I felt like, oh, this is fun. It's $80. Like it's a low stakes purchase. And I tweeted about it and I got so many replies, like people asking me about it. And I just started like tweeting out in this thread, the things that I buy and do I recommend them? And I wasn't trying to be, it wasn't trying to come from a place of like, this is the best or like I've tried them all and like, I've determined like, this is the one you should be buying. It's more like, Hey, I bought it worked for me if you're in the market for something like this. And so the podcast kind of started spinning off of that. It's not meant to be a like every single thing we talk about is a thing you have to buy, but it's like, hey, guests come on and they're like, I have a specific problem or I was in the market for something specific and this is what I found and maybe this works for you too. So it's like a consumer podcast, but like I think I do a pretty good job at being like hey, if you already have a backpack that you love, like you do not need to buy this other backpack. Like you're good. There are people out there who don't have a backpack that they love.
0: It's it's like, yeah, if, at face value, it's product reviews, but it's so much more than that. It's like fun personalities, interesting people. Totally. But it's also like show and tell. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine was earplanes, which you will hear. It's like we don't Get to do show and tell anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> as adults, so you know why not like share with the class, the internet, uh, something you love. When you say you were looking for weird products, like I don't know, what's the weirdest thing you've looked for?
1: Nothing weird. Um, I would say yeah. By weird, I mean like I don't I don't care what refrigerator you have. Like I don't care what microwave you have. I don't care if you're like 4K TV is amazing. A great example of this isn't even an episode. It's like a conversation I had with my friend Mike who was in town last week, and he. Was was like I want to come on your show cuz I want to talk to everybody about this this like snake drainer thing. So basically, he and his wife Molly, who is my husband's best friend from college, live in this uh, really beautiful house in Philly and they noticed that their shower was like Stand, doing standing water and so they went to the store and they bought all the draino and then the draino didn't work and they like tried unscrewing the thing but then they couldn't and then they tried getting the thing like the mushroom thing to collect the hair but it was too late and it was like okay are they really going to call a plumber for this like a plumber could cost $200 like calling the landlord might you know what I mean like they were like can we just I want to solve this by myself so Mike did some research and found this like $6 thing on Amazon that's like a long basically strip with teeth and you it's like three feet and you like shove it down your drain and then you pick it up and like all the hair and gunk comes off you throw it away the one he showed me was like biodegradable like it wasn't plastic it was like something more sustainable that's good yeah it's really good then you throw it away you don't have to like touch the hair or whatever and he was like we turn on the water and the water drained like they went to like Home Depot and bought Drano they spent 20 bucks on that they spent the money on the gas they did all these things and then they were like it came down to like a seven dollar thing I didn't have to call my plumber I didn't have to call the landlord and like those are the things I'm looking for it's like hey is your like water Uh, like is your bathroom clogged with your hair like my drains usually are you know like here's a thing that that can help you solve that
0: yeah no I am like a a hair shedding a hair shedding monster like (laughs) I I live in a rental so I've been here for a long time and the maintenance guys Mm -hmm. very nicely snaked my drain for me and they were like girl what the fuck like yeah and he was like girl what the Fuck! I was like, I've been trying to put. You know, when you like take a shower and you put your hair, like you know, anything comes out. Like I stick it on the side, you put it on the wall, like the, so that you have <laughs> yeah. like a wall of hair. Like, yeah. But that's what I love. Like we're so tied to specific objects, and you know, in it yes. never gets old. Case like the s- stories that secondhand objects tell. I don't know what's been what's been like the favorite item that you've discovered. Do you have one?
1: Ooh, that I've discovered. Um, well, I'm going to give credit to Madison malone Percher from Vulture who came between, the week between Christmas and New Year's and we talked about the Revlon One Step and the Revlon One Step... Oh my God, this was like the internet... It like, blew up. A viral doesn't even... It blew up. She came... So basically, one of the ways that she found it and it she didn't discover it but like I think it kind of She's definitely the one that brought it into the conversation more is that she was looking to buy the Dyson Airwrap and the Dyson Airwrap is like almost $600. I told the story in this episode on my podcast of how I came to acquire one and I, I had all plans to return it because I was like, I'm not going to keep a $600 hair tool and then it was the most amazing thing I've ever used in my life. So I kept it. But Madison was like, I, I'm not paying $600 for this. So she went on YouTube and she kind of got lost in this wormhole and found that there were all these like influencers doing these like dupe videos. So they were like, hey, like if you like the way that the Dyson, you know, does a hair blowout, then like this $35 Revlon like basically can do the same thing. And so she bought it. And she loved it. And I mean, for $35, like, the price is right. So people, and what ended up happening, too, was it's usually $60. She bought it for 35 And then for a set amount of time, for some reason, they were on sale for, like, 25 bucks. So everyone was buying one after that episode. Didn't you, like, sell them out? I think they sold out. It, Yeah. I think at some point in January, the Revlon totally sold out. I'm not going to take full credit for that. But I think that, like, the whisper network of women with hair, they felt needed to be tamed. Got the word out.
0: It's really crazy because it never gets old. Listeners know that I will buy anything secondhand. And actually, getting into hair tools, there's a ton Mm. of secondhand hair tools, ton of secondhand Dyson because they're so expensive. I wanted to... So I... (sighs) I cut my own hair and it was like a whole wow. thing. And then my brother got married and my mom was like, "You have to get a professional haircut," which like is fair. It was my brother like had a big, <laughs> yeah. lovely wedding, like you know. And I have it didn't look bad; it looked good. And every time I had a glam squad person come over and do my hair for like a speech, I'd be like, "Hey, like, can I give you twenty bucks to so just like even out the back?" And they'd be like, "What the fuck?" But oh, that's awesome! I never even thought to do that. Of course, I got my hair cut in L.A. by this awesome woman uh, at Kelly Baker Brows. Um, her name is Anna. Please go to her and. She she cut it and it's funny because everyone's so particular about their hair that like I sat down grumpily and I was like I don't know just like fucking cut it like just yeah. cut it do whatever I don't care like just make it professional looking She was like what I was like what I um, love so that. <laughs> so then she did you know you have the loose wave situation and she did it with this amazing flat iron and I'd been using the wings love. flat irons
1: uh-huh so
0: well it uh, I wanted to crawl into a hole and die because I got the ghg pro which I I bought it full price new which like anyone that listens to this podcast and or knows me that like I have a physical aversion Uh to buying anything not secondhand but um there are tons of hair tools online and I bet you could even find some of these secondhand objects like this this uh Revlon one or the Dyson one but that is an option I haven't gotten even into hair tools yet like you know maybe we can go there next I will
1: say I bought the GHD Pro in 2012 it still works it's still kicking it's so good so good choice
0: but let's talk a little bit about like your secondhand shopping life so when did you start like tell me your relationship with buying secondhand
1: so i always loved a goodwill so i went to college at umass amherst and in hadley which is the town next to the college um they have this amazing salvation army it's like massive huge warehouse tons of like really weird stuff and when i was in college like That's where we would go all the time. We'd get like fun t shirts and weird bags, and sometimes you'd find something for your apartment for college. And of course, like no one in college had money, so ever and you know, so everyone's like buying their tables and their chairs and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really fun, especially if you have a lot of time. And so, like, my relationship with That Salvation Army was that that was where I would go to spend some time by myself. Like I would literally browse through every single thing on every single rack on days where it's like I have nowhere to be and nowhere to go and no one's waiting for me. And it became like kind of this therapeutic thing. And sometimes I'd walk away with something great. Sometimes I'd walk away with something just because it was like $3. And sometimes I'd walk away with nothing, but I always felt really calm after I did it. So I always have had good feelings about the world of secondhand. As things became more digital, obviously that was like 12, 13, 14 years ago, I started dipping my toe into the Poshmark world, which has actually been pretty lucrative for me. But I am not, um, as we talked about on the episode of my podcast that you came on to record, I'm not like a big luxury person, but I have like a lot of Madewell, a lot of J Crew, a lot of the brands that people are looking for. And so... I don't know. I just learned how to take good pictures of my stuff and I'll put it online and it'll sell. So the selling part's really fun for me. The buying part is obviously where I start texting you because I find it super overwhelming. So I feel like I have my selling skills down, but my buying, not so much.
0: Well, that's really interesting because that's the reverse of literally everyone else <laughs> that I speak to. So that's really cool. And I want to like unpack a lot of this and, and tips and what have you. But like, let's. it's funny because I would also like quietly pawing through piles of secondhand clothing that to many people would be deeply overwhelming. I find deeply satisfying. And it's funny, the only time I like really don't text people back is when I go to wasteland in LA and I like put in my headphones, I put my phone away and I was like, I have to put in some work. Like, excuse yeah. me, I'm busy. I have to work.
1: Can I just interject though and tell me, tell you that like on the, th- like, so I, I just moved to Los Angeles. So like Meredith told me to go to wasteland and I went to the wasteland on Melrose and I just like was not <gasps> there. I did. Yeah. I did like a few weeks ago. I think I told you that, but, but maybe I did. No, you didn't. I literally like pivot turned in and out because I was like, I am not in the right. You have to be in like the right head space. And I don't, I, maybe I thought I was, and I walked in and I was like, I am currently not. So I didn't stay that long, but I was. It was magic.
0: Yeah, it's magic. It's the best place. You know, I've talked about Wasteland all the time and how much I love it. And I have secondhand shopped all over the planet. I still think it's the best. Mm-hmm. So that is, the you know, when I am in... Like, that is the one time I think you cannot reach me, like, absolutely cannot reach me. I love that. It's when I am at the Wasteland, any Wasteland, but particularly Melrose, which is their largest one, where I, like, have to put my phone away. And I'm like, I have to work. I, like, literally roll up my this sleeves. I feel like such an old lady because they, the music in there is too loud. Every time I go in, I ask them to turn down the music. I'm like, I love that. You know, you know how you, like, there are all those memes about, like, turning down the, like, volume so you can see the house number better. Like, I'm like, yep. yeah, I need to concentrate. you got to turn the fucking music down. Like, and it's all these young, young, cool, like fashion LA people. And I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry to be an old lady, but like (laughs) it's really way too loud in here. So like I'm not complaining about like levels in a club. I'm like complaining about levels in a consignment store. Sure. Let's go back to thrifting because I've said many times I'm a label whore. Like, tell me about your thrifting tips and then maybe some of your favorite like thrifting finds, like earlier on or currently thrifting. Oh, my God. Great
1: question. So I am not a... um, (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I don't... My closet rotates, like, almost... Especially when I was younger and maybe less so now as an adult. But, like, my closet rotates out. Like, I don't save a lot of things. So, like, there are things that I found in college that I did not keep. Um, My size has fluctuated, like, from here to the moon so I and I don't believe in keeping anything that doesn't fit you so like I kind of like I'm always on this rotating thing from like a mental state that's just like how it works for me but when I was in college I found this collection at that specific Salvation Army so 13 years ago I found this collection of very well-worn really really soft marathon t-shirts um <gasps> someone in Someone had donated their entire collection of 1980s marathons <gasps> that they had run. I know, and I don't have them I anymore. collect
0: vintage t-shirts, so, uh. like, this is, like, oh, uh. Oh, they're out
1: there somewhere. I, like, really wish I still had them. But they were, like, a size, you know, medium and, or a size small or whatever, and that's not my size anymore. So I picked all of them up. It was, like, one of those things where... They were all white. They were all put with the white t-shirts and they were all together. They hadn't been separated yet. Like they just kind of went on the thing. And I think I bought like 15 of them. And that was my look for like my junior year. It was like a marathon um, (laughs) t-shirt under like a cardigan or like, I don't know. It was great. They were, they were so cute. I love that. I love
0: that. Worn so
1: well. They were really comfy. And then they just take up a lot of space when you have shirts that don't fit you. I think I donated them back to a Goodwill or maybe that same Salvation Army like five or six years ago. Um, So that was like one of my favorite finds. You know, they're worthless in a lot of ways, but they were like excellent. Oh, no,
0: they're not like I am. I did a whole episode and I'll probably do a second one on my vintage T-shirt collecting but i plan to open a highly highly small you know vintage t-shirt boutique out like it's funny because i've started listing them on poshmark and i i keep saying that they're from my private collection but like who the fuck do i think i am (laughs) like like from my from my private collection
1: (laughs) i think that the thing that i found so annoying about new york was like there were so many places to find vintage t-shirts but everything was like seventy dollars.
0: Oh yeah, I go through that. You should not be paying any of that. Like Buh. I collect also vintage Hanes, but no care. And and those I'll pay a little bit more for if they're plain white because those are the only good white t-shirts truly to the ends of days. But okay. anyway, okay. So more more about your thrifting. Anyway, that's kind of really it. I like and I'm very good. So uh, the other thing that I love buying on
1: Poshmark that is that there are so many of and that they're sold for the cheapest prices are like vintage Coach bags, like really nice vintage leather bags. I bought one for $12. Amazing. And I bought another one for $19. And what's funny is that there's like a, like a, what people are looking for on Poshmark when it comes to coach bags are like way more new. They want to see the coach label. They want the colors. Like these are people who are not looking for like a beat up leather kind of like camera bag with maybe like a ripped seam or whatever. And so they'll throw it up and it'll be like 12 bucks and I'll be like, I'll pay you nine. And they're like, okay. And I have this like really beautiful, like it's, maybe it's not valuable because there's a ton of them, but like I'm actually wearing them all the time. Like I wear a vintage coach bag every day.
0: I use that to my advantage too. You and I have that in common, which is that in my 20s I bought all the hot bags I spent thousands of dollars on bags I didn't have it was luckily I've gotten over that currently I'm team like fanny pack belt bag only hands yep. free yeah love it love it love it but I love beat up bags mm. and if you're listening and thinking about getting handbags like you can get that for so much less I like it because for me obviously I have this tick where like I if I know I'm going to get a high resale value on something I like won't keep it I'll be like but I have to sell it like nobody's making me sell it except for me right but I really like beat up bags because I don't feel bad about that and you can get them for a lot less again and I honestly think it's like a cuter look I do too I mean I throw my shit around people on the street aren't like oh my god like you bought a beat up bag they'd be like wow you've had the Chanel for so long and you've lived with it i've had all the new ones and like i'm afraid to put it down i also then get so obsessive that like if there's a scratch i know that it tanks the resale value so like i don't even like want to deal with that
1: but that's so much fun when you're buying it because like it tanks the resale value and then you can buy it like then you can buy someone's like i don't know yeah
0: and i'm not into louis vuitton but i have this louis vuitton beat up to fuck camera bag that has been sitting on my I have a I I like like to pretend that I am like a celebrity slash celebrity stylist in my delusional brain and I have like I have a um, clothing rack in my living room where I like put all my new stuff so I can like look at all my purchases Um, and I have it hanging on there along with my like Billie Eilish fanny pack (laughs) Um, Cool. Um, but yeah I haven't and I got it in Copenhagen and I think it was like 180 bucks and it's just like extremely cool and I like that it's really vintagey and in that Vane. I know you're like hankering after like a really beat up Chanel bag. I've been sending you links till the cows come home. How's that going? You have
1: been amazing at that. Well, it's been it's been great to get the links from you, but it's also made me realize there are so many out there and that I can take my sweet time and really find something that I really, really love and not just like I have to buy it because it says Chanel on it because I mean, that's not my personality anyway, but like there will always be a Chanel bag on the Internet for me to buy. The other thing I wanted to say that I've had so much great luck with is that I went to Disneyland with a, so my parents never took me to Disneyland. Big point of contention in my childhood. I'm 32. And, um, (laughs) I, I recently went for the first time and, When you're at Disneyland. Well, good, because I mean, currently you can't ever fucking go again. But, you know, if you've ever been to Disney, you can be like, oh, I'm not a Disney adult. Like, oh, I'm not like I could never fall victim to like their push of merch on me. Every time I'm at Disney, I'm like, I need a sweatshirt. I'm going to need the ears. (laughs) I need like all this stuff. And then when you leave, you're like, I don't need any of this stuff. But when you're there, everyone's wearing merch. And so I had the brilliant idea of like everyone was wearing the same sweatshirt when i was there once and like also people will make their own custom like and so i saw one guy wearing a one that was like she loves my d and it was like the d in disney oh and my I was god like, this so oh my god gross but i was like you know what i bet there is on ebay and on poshmark like tons of like 1980s vint like disney sweatshirts and i found i this have a amazing- vintage disney t-shirt It's so much better. So for $5 and also everything in the Disney merch store is like, of course, 70 bucks. Um, so for $5 on Poshmark, I found this incredible sweatshirt that's teal and in eighties, like, pink and purple and green colors it says like together forever and it's just like Mickey and Minnie kissing and it's my favorite thing and no one else wears it if I ever go to the park and like it's not a big deal but also it kind of satiated for me I was like I would love something Disney-esque to wear if I ever go again and now um for five dollars I've purchase something that I'll I'll only wear in the park when I go once a year
0: I will do an episode on vintage cartoons and Disney and all that stuff so I have a vintage Disneyland Paris Disney World Paris maybe nice. that I got at kilo shop in Paris there is so much secondhand Disney you guys and the Tons. vintage stuff is so much cooler that like so cool when I was in Mexico City I almost bought like a really what you call it a, a vintage Tasmanian devil shirt like all that stuff nice. like space like all that 90s stuff is there getting a good night's sleep is truly harder than ever in the times we're living in and just in general i don't know about you but i spend a lot of time tossing and turning just thinking about my business and the podcast uh and some of that has to do with how comfortable my bed is there's a lot of bedding options these days but i want to tell you about attitude it's very in the spirit of it never gets old women founded and sustainable super soft they're made of bamboo Super breathable if you get really sweaty at night, helps regulate your temperature. They're hypoallergenic, antimicrobial, but really exciting, this clean bamboo process recycles 98% of the water it uses. Every sheet set saves 3,031 gallons of water compared to traditional cotton sheets, free from harsh chemicals, vegan, organic the most sustainable bedding available. The packaging is eco-friendly. They don't only have sheets, super cute jammies and robes, and it never gets old listeners get a special discount of 20%. If you go to Editude.com and enter the promo code INGO, you'll get 20% off of whatever you want. And hopefully you can snooze a little better. Again, that is Etitude.com, E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E.com. Use the promo code INGO for 20% off. Etitude. Get a better night's sleep. One thing you talked about, which uh, I think is important for just like anyone and their wardrobe and just think about their lives is the way you fluctuate in sizes and not keeping Mm -hmm. things and getting rid of them. You know, one thing I'm very aware of is that both me and my producer are both straight size women um, and that affords us a lot of privilege in buying a lot of designer secondhand. Tell me a little bit about your experiences sort of like with size, what you care about and then like the secondhand world that you inhabit to you know, find the right stuff and feel included in fashion?
1: So I fluctuate between being at the top of straight sizes and the bottom of plus sizes. So I'm a 12 some places. I'm a 14 some places. I'm a 16 some places. Usually the 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 more the thing costs, the, the higher the size for me, because that's how the fashion industry works, especially in like a luxury space. And I also have like everybody else, like the proportions of my body are so that like, I'm very particular about like sleeves and the way the jeans fit. So like I have more muscular legs than, I do, like, and also, ugh, I don't know how to explain my butt. I'm like, how do I talk about my body? You but don't have to explain I'm, your body. No, it's fine. Just, I'm not, and yeah. not at all. Like, so my body is like, I'm like narrow, but I'm not thin, if that makes sense. Like, I'm straight up and down. I don't have like curves. I don't have like an hourglass curve, but I'm also not like, like real thin. And so sometimes, like, a size of jeans is built for somebody who has like a huge butt, but like a really tiny waist. So, like, that doesn't work for me. And sometimes they're built for girls who have like thicker calves, but then like, not as thick thighs or whatever. That doesn't work for me. So vintage makes it even, or secondhand makes it even harder um, because like vintage stuff is so small and runs so, so, so small. So, and a lot of times it's like you have to try it on in the store, which I'm not always in the mood to do, or it's, you know, no returns or whatever. So then I won't buy it. Or I just don't even bother because I know a size 12 or a size extra large in a vintage style like wolf is like a medium in today's sizing. So, I'm definitely not shy about it and I wish that just so like like everybody else um in my position, which is like the most women in America, like I would love to spend my money on stuff. Unfortunately, like there's so much value placed on a smaller body and especially in vintage it's hard I don't know what women were wearing if they weren't super super small no
0: I mean it's complete bullshit and I've been wanting to talk to you about this too because I am so embarrassed that I wasn't more aware of how I mean, I know that fashion is deeply sizist and I know that vintage and secondhand runs particularly small and that like sometimes I'm a size four or six and struggle with Alexander McQueen. Like I think it's absolute fucking bullshit Mm -hmm. and there's just so much money to be made. Like people want to give you their money and also like our clothing needs to reflect what people fucking look like. And, you know, I was embarrassed. I didn't know this until I was tasked with finding a gown for a friend who's probably like a 12, 14 uh, current day, 12, 14. And she had no budget. So I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go ham. I'm going to find you something insane on first dibs or the real, real. And there was, um, there was nothing. And I was like, I, I I can't like, this is ridiculous. And that's a lot of people's constant. I, I haven't had to worry about that. And then I'm very aware that I haven't had to worry about that. So I definitely like, For you, I also think there very quickly will be a plus size secondhand site. I would love that.
1: I mean, that's why I that's why I like love a bag and a shoe and like a, a, a fun piece of jewelry because I can wear especially in New York. I mean, I can just I could wear, you know, black jeans, black sweater, black jeans, black top. And I'm not like the reason I wear all black is or that I like tend to go towards all black is not because I'm like oh, I'm a size 14, 16, like I need to wear black because like black makes you look thinner. I just consider it like the easiest thing for me. I don't really care about looking thinner. It's the easiest thing for me to buy as like a a palette for buying like more fun accessories and shoes and stuff. So I have this sort of fixation on bags and I own way too many of them and I own way too many shoes and boots and I own a ton of jewelry. And a lot of that is because I'm not super impressed with like the clothing stuff available to me and I'm not changing. So if the fashion industry is not going to like supply that, then I'm not going to like try to barter my self-esteem. Um, oh like yeah. A, with like a brand. And no, no, I'm not saying you like, but I'm, but I always think like, well, why is it that I have like 1400 bags? And it's because I have three black turtlenecks. You know what I mean? Like I would love to be a little bit more adventurous in my clothing, but it is really difficult and seeking that kind of stuff out doesn't give me because of my what size I am is not the same as just having so much fun browsing and being like I could pick something anything in this store and and if I I could get it to fit me you know there's something really there's something really bummy about going even to like a Goodwill or a Salvation Army and be like, oh, here are all these things I picked out and love. None of them are in my size. Like there is no other size. If you find a thing and it's not in your size, like it is not for you. And unfortunately, like, you know, when you're over a size 10, that's so impossible. Um, And so I stick with the stuff that fits everybody.
0: And it's so dumb because it's just a, not only I mean I don't need to look at it from a purely capitalist perspective but like there's so much money to be made yeah and like this absolutely. is not the same not the same thing at all but I wrote about sneakers about a decade ago because I am a sneaker head and like I was a woman just trying to give these brands my money and I didn't get any you know you couldn't get special releases all that sort of shit like there's just so much women have more spending power than ever and more decision making power and we need our clothes to reflect like what we look like. Yeah. But I, what I will say is I think that someone should, and someone will make a killer secondhand app that is plus size.
1: I would love that. I want it to be Katie Sterino.
0: Oh, I love her. I'm obsessed with her. She's great. She's and a also, genius.
1: Yeah. She's amazing. And if you don't follow her, follow her. She's so great. Everything she wears is amazing. Her style is impeccable, but also she started that, you know, hashtag make my size movement where she literally takes pictures of herself in dressing rooms like Zara and H&M or whatever being like, hey, this dress is a size quote unquote 16. I can't get it over my boobs or I can't get it over. my. And she'll take the picture of her like struggling to get in or out of like a piece of clothing and she'll she'll put them on shame. And I appreciate that. That's amazing. But yeah, I hope there is a secondhand um, shop for plus size because a, I have money to spend there. And B, it's about damn time because those clothes do exist. It's a matter of like like curating them.
0: Well, and speaking to a friend too when the, the who I was looking for a dress for, she was saying, you know, a lot of times for her if she does find something that's great, she's not fucking getting rid of it. So like I think that I don't know whether that's the case or not, but I have noticed on Poshmark like an unbelievable amount of plus size, like parties, quote unquote. Love that. So I can only hope that like this is not limited because it's dumb and like everybody should be able to have this level of fun with these things. Yeah, and I agree. And I just want to wrap it up by saying, like, there's just only the opportunity to make money here and make this for everyone and true, continue to call out companies. And yeah, because I want secondhand to be for everyone, basically. It should be. And also just like, it's better for everybody. It's better for the environment. It's better
1: for like the pocket of the person selling. You'll sell more if you have more options. I mean, the math isn't that hard, but it is, uh, it's still, there's so much disdain for plus size in the fashion world like even even brands having plus sizes available but you have to buy them online not in the store you know like that's sending a message it's saying like okay like we want only a certain type of shopper in in the store like feel free to spend your money with us but only in secret and that's the kind of shit that needs to change
0: and like it's you know you had said to me that sometimes you feel like fashion is not for you and i hate that like or you're being told that fashion is not for you and that is bullshit totally. and also like even as someone who is a size six like i feel that and call them out walking into reformation like fuck
1: reformation i mean from me made anyway. for
0: someone with no titties like you know i don't know like you can't like there are certain brands and you know jesse cam whose pants only go up to like apparently a 28 to 30 or there's a yeah. boutique near me that i learned that they only carried up to a size 10 i was like what the fuck are you doing
1: it just says something it just says something that like Like after all this time, and I, I appreciate brands that are trying and I think I appreciate brands that have been able to make their sizing more inclusive. But when I look at a reformation and I think like, it's not that you don't know the conversation is happening. It's that you're willfully ignoring it is like, I don't, you know, I don't spend money there. I don't encourage people to spend money there. I get it. But if you're not, if you're not trying to be inclusive or at least aware of your shortcomings uh then it's a brand i can't support and i imagine that there i'm not the only person that feels that way and that's why i'm like you know don't you guys want money
0: yeah so uh to be continued but caroline thank <laughs> you so much for being here where can everyone oh, find my you Oh gosh, uh, i'm on
1: twitter um caroline moss pretty easy and then my podcast g thanks just bought it has its own instagram under g thanks just bought it pod and there you can find like all the stuff that we talk about in the episodes and then stuff that we don't talk about the episodes and that's usually where i'm spending all my time right now on the on the podcast instagram so i hope to that you find me there
0: and we will be in touch and be real friends when we're allowed outside and i will continue to send you chanel bags until the end of time
1: i can't (laughs) wait thank you for having me
0: You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane. Shoot us an email anytime. Hello at ingopodcast.com. Slide into the DMs at ingopodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Slide into my DMs at Meredith Feynman. And just let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you're doing. We love you and talk to you soon.